The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us again for another edition of Winning Ponies. Got some great guests for you tonight. Our guest handicapper, well, he's north of the border right now. He's been on many times, Jude Feld. He's done just about everything in racing, started as a a chart taker for the daily racing form, uh, ended up being a a top trainer, has actually won graded stakes races, and uh, then he's turned into a a radio talk show host. Uh, He's won not one, but two Eclipse Awards. Uh, Just a a fantastic guy. Now, this uh, weekend... On Sunday, it is the legendary Queen's Plate, which is kind of the Kentucky Derby if you're bred in Canada. It is the 157th running of the Queen's Plate, a million dollars on the line. And Jude and Mike Penna from Horse Racing Radio Network are up there. As a matter of fact, he's going to dodge out of a cocktail party to give us the inside track on on what's happening there. But the... uh, uh, Post positions have been drawn. The horses are uh, uh, lined up, and let me tell you, it's a pretty tough group to separate. So, uh, again, Jude Feld will be our guest handicapper. And then, well, there's going to be two tracks racing in Kentucky this weekend, and one that's opening up its doors is Ellis Park. And bringing in from Ellis Park, we have none other than... John Hancock. Now, John certainly knows his way around the pea patch, as they call it, because they grow soybeans in the infield. Uh, He's a third-generation horseman. He's been at Ellis Park himself for 49 years, wrapped his first thoroughbred uh, ankles when he was only six years old. Well, they're pouring money into there. There is some instant racing money that's being funded into the purses at Ellis Park, and they're looking to have one of their best meets ever. So that probably means a lot of good betting opportunities for you guys. And uh, they're going to be a showcase of two-year-old racing. They brought back some of the two-year-old stakes, and it'll be very interesting uh, to, to listen to the inside track from John Hancock, who's been there for decades and we're going to get a little inside information from john because he has a horse going in the hundred thousand dollar debutante at churchill downs on saturday evening so uh, this will be the last uh, evening uh, card for churchill uh, there's some good racing down there you might want to check it out pull down your easy win forms and try to help you out with the action from across the country well speaking of the easy wind forms, another good week. Here we are going to Woodbine tonight. And last week we had a $1 super that returned over $8,000 at Woodbine. Uh, of course, we go all over the 
country, Pimlico, a 50-cent pick four paid $4,424. And uh, just yesterday at Delaware Park, we had a $1 super key that paid over $1,700. Of course, last week we had Rich Ruda on. Uh, We went to Thistledown to look at the Ohio Derby, and we had a recent Thistledown winner, a 50-cent pick five that paid over $1,600. So pull down Yeezy Wind Forms. It is 4th of July weekend, and there's a lot of hot racing from coast to coast. Well, uh, kind of a black eye for for racing uh, has reared its ugly head, and that is, you recall, Maria Burrell, the name trainer of Run Happy, uh, when he won the sprint at Keeneland in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, Well, she hasn't been treating her horses real well, nor has her father, Chuck. As it turns out, Chuck Burrell, the central figure in the case of 43 abandoned horses on a farm outside of Lexington in Mercer County, Kentucky, he was arrested yesterday, and they still have not found Maria Burrell. Now, there's a very uh, different uh, reports uh, on, on the horses. It's just been a fantastic volunteer effort, uh, veterinarians, uh, people are doing a, a GoFundMe, and uh, it, it's just a shame. Now, the whole idea in trying to figure out what's going on is who owns what horses when you're talking about uh, 40-some horses. So they are being provided daily care. It'll be very interesting to see what uh, shakes out on this case, and it'll be interesting to see, does anybody know where Maria Burrell is? But several of the horses that were in the worst shape, and there are some photos on, on the Internet where they're just emaciated, uh, have actually uh, left the farm and... Uh, have been taken to a veterinarian clinic, and uh, some of them are going to the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation at the Blackburn Correctional Center near Lexington. So a uh, horse fan came and, and took them and got them off the property. So let's hope with uh, some um, oats and water and kind care, they all come back. A lot of people volunteering to adopt these horses, too. So it'll be very interesting to follow this case. Well, uh, we've had Larry calmness on the show before he's going to be the voice of naira of course he has been the voice of naira but he's going to continue to be the voice of naira but he is stepping down from his job at Gulfstream park uh during the elite meet so right now our friend pete aiello it has been calling down there it'll be interesting to see if uh pete gets the chance he certainly had a great audition he sounds fantastic um I know that uh, I'll, I'll be rooting for Pete, but, of course, there's only a few jobs that open up in the world of race calling, so it'll probably be a mad scramble to see uh, who gets the job. Then the Gulfstream has already stated that there has been no decision made. Our good friend Chris McCarron, well, he's going to be honored by the Thoroughbred Club. He's been selected by the Board of Directors there as its 2016 honor guest. He'll be honored by the TCA in its 85th testimonial dinner at Keeneland, September 25th. You can get tickets to go there. Uh, According to TCA President Sharon Arvin, uh, we're thrilled to honor Chris as the 216th Thoroughbred Club guest. His accomplishments are world-class jockey, competing for nearly three decades with thoroughbred legends including Ali Sheba, John Henry, Sunday Silence, and Tisnow, as well as his great contributions to the thoroughbred industry and jockey profession by founding the North American 
Racing Academy. So uh, I think I'm going to give uh, Chris a little ringy-ding and see if we can't uh, get him to come on the, the show in the near future. Well, across the pond, just three weeks after delivering a victory in the Epsom Derby for trainer Dermot Weld, his uh, star sophomore, Harzan came back and won the Group 1 Dubai Duty-Free Irish Derby at the Karah. Now, he is owned by the Aga Khan. They provide by a half a length, and it was a heck of a race. You can go up on YouTube and pull it down. Now, Harzan is the fifth winner of the Epsom Derby to go on and win the Irish Derby for the Aga Khan. The last time that happened, it was uh, Sindar that got the job done. He went on to capture the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe in October, and it looks like Dermot Well is going to point Harzan to the same target. Well, uh, some of our local stars here in North America, uh, Nyquist had an afternoon workout. Pretty cool. Uh, during a special afternoon session, just before the start of the Gold Cup card at Santa Anita, the Derby-winning Nyquist worked an easy five furlongs in 102 and three. Jockey Mario Gutierrez in this saddle. Now uh, they they showed kind of slow fractions early, uh, uh, 26 and one, uh, 49 and one. But according to Doug O'Neill, he went the last eighth of a mile from the eighth pole to the wire in a flat 11 seconds. So uh, looks like he's still got some in him. Uh, it's really, it's, it's his only second work since he got sick after the Preakness, as you recall. And uh, O'Neill said he didn't want to overdo it. He likes uh, working out in the afternoon. He gets a nice, clean uh, track and kind of gets the race feel. And all of a sudden, he said he did it so the audience could appreciate his champion, two-year-old champion, Nyquist. It'll be interesting to see what happens later in the season. O'Neill's not showing his uh, exact hand, but uh, he said the July San Diego handicap is under consideration, which would mean that he'd be matching strides with champion and older California Chrome. Speaking of which, he had his weekly workout at Los Alamitos. Uh, fans came out. He goes really early in the morning. Uh, the Son of Lucky Pulpit won 1, 12, and 2 for 6 furlongs with quarter mile splits of 25 flat and 48 and 3. So he is feeling good. Now, uh, he worked out without his blinkers, and according to Art Sherman, his trainer, he's probably going to throw blinkers on him next week just to get a little more speed. He said he gets a, a little more serious when he throws the, the blinkers on. He knows that it is game time. So congratulations go out to Paco Lopez. He pulled down Jockey of the Week honors. Uh, you go back to 2008, he was the outstanding apprentice. 29-year-old native of Tierra Blanca, Mexico, is on top of the Monmouth Rider standing. So congratulations to Paco. Hey, here's some... Uh, Breeding news, I've been wondering about this. I'll have another. Finally sired his first winner in Japan. Uh, the two-year-old colt, Un Athre, captured uh, a race in Tokyo. It was a pretty big win on the grass. It was kind of a, a bit of a distance, uh, 1,600 meters on the turf. So out of a devil's bag mare, congratulations to I'll have another. Well, uh, last week, like I said, we had uh, my friend Rich Ruda on the show talk about Ohio's richest race, the Ohio Derby, and it was the horse I liked it. No surprise. Mo Tom getting the job done. Javier Castellano 
got the first mount ever on this horse and kept him out of trouble. You may recall that in several of his races this year, the Risen Star, the Louisiana Derby, the Kentucky Derby, this horse had a huge trouble line. Well, Javier brought him back early, then started to make his move on the outside. <laughs> so he was, wasn't going to get trapped down along the rail today. So uh, he got the job done last Saturday in the Ohio Derby. In the second spot was the lightly raced Adventist out of the Leah Germani barn. And in the third spot was Discreet Lover. Well, then we went out west to Santa Anita, and we took a look at this, some very quick horses in the triple bend, and getting the job done there was Lord Nelson. Uh, Lord Nelson, trained by Bob Baffert, uh, got a great ride from Rafael Bayerano, and uh, kind of went head-to-head with, with Subtle Indian the, the whole way, but outlasted him. Uh, it was uh, just a, a huge effort. This horse loves Santa Anita, now has seven starts and four victories. Again, that's Lord Nelson, a son of pulpit. In the second spot, Subtle Indian stuck around. Third was Kobe's back, who was far back. He was off slow and was last at the half-mile pole, put in a rally, Kobe will be back. Trust me on that. Okay. Then out at Santa Anita, it was the half a million dollar gold cup. And getting the top spot, Melatonin stalked in second with Joe Talamo in the saddle and took the lead turning for home. It was a pretty good battle down the stretch. In the second spot at 24-1 to was Win the Space, who lasted by three-quarters of a length over hard aces. Opportunity to second favorite, well, another one like Kobe, was last at the mile. This race is a mile and a quarter. Put in a rally. Of course, his last race was against California Chrome in the Dubai World Cup. So it looks like uh, Baffert's got him wound up. He'll be coming back for some big races this year. Well, that's a look at what is happening in the nation and our races that we handicapped last week. We're going to take a little bit of a break here, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to a guy who probably gets asked for his autograph a lot, and that's John Hancock. It's the start of the meet at Ellis Park, and he has been there for 46 years. After that, Jude Feld's going to join us for some handicapping from up north in Canada. He's covering the Queen's Plate. All right, that's the setup. When we come back, we'll be talking with John Hancock. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me is John Hancock, as I told you at the top of the show. Uh, he's a third-generation horseman who's been at Ellis Park for 49 years. First wrapped the horse's ankles when he was only six years old. And he seems to be sitting in a pretty good spot, uh, A, because he's got a barn full of nice horses, and B, because it looks like... Uh, Horses are going to be pretty good down there at Ellis Park, uh, breathing a sigh of relief to the horsemen, I'm sure. John Hancock, thanks for joining us on Winning Ponies. You're welcome, John. Glad to be here. Well, uh, John, like I said, uh, been wrapping ankles since you're six years old. Let's start out finding out a little bit about uh, who you are and, and your life at the races. Well, uh, my name's John Hancock, and I pretty much grew up in the backside of Ellis Park. Of uh, the barn that I'm in right now, um, I'm the only one in it. But I started uh, there when I was six years old with a lady named Thomasine Bando, who was one of the first women uh, trainers in the country. Um, I used to walk horses in the barn for fifty cents and a piece of watermelon every morning. I'd go walking <laughs> by and she'd holler at me and invite me over, and uh, that's how I got started. And I, I got hooked in barn four, and I've been in barn four my whole life. Well, uh, everybody tells me, you know, how uh, Ellis Park, and sad to say, I'm always working at a racetrack when Ellis Park's open. I haven't had the chance to make it down there, though it's on my bucket list. Um, how quaint it is, and that it has a really kind of warm atmosphere to it. I'm sure, though, in the 46 years, you've probably seen some changes. Kind of describe to us over the decades how it's, uh, you know, grown and how much you're looking forward to this meet. Well, you know, Ellis Park used to be, it, it, it's kind of a country atmosphere. Um, over the years, in the past few years, it's really been improved. When Kumar had it, uh, he started improving it with new dorm rooms on the backside, uh, redoing some of the barns. Um, then we came through with the Tinkerville area era when Richie Snars was here. Um, they improved some things, and we had some decent meets. Then Churchill ended up in here. Um, they took over for a few years and then eventually sold it to Ryan Gary. Um, we've struggled the last three, four, five years with uh, horse population, purse accounts. Um, but it seems like this year um, the horse population is going to grow. 
uh, we definitely got our purses up through the instant racing machines and through the help of Kentucky Downs. Um, we've got one, probably one of the best racing secretaries in the country and Danny Bork, who writes a great book and knew what he had to do to make this meet go. Um, you know, you pick up the overnight, uh, over the years, you've seen, um, the change of trainers and jockeys. Uh, we would fall short of some of the better people and some of the better horses. Um, this meet, uh, you pick an overnight up for Saturday here and you see Steve Asmussen on it. You see, uh, uh, Brad Cox on it. You pick an overnight up for Sunday. Uh, we're averaging 9.4 horses in the field. We've got, um, 200 plus in the purse account for Sunday. We've got three trainers that have saddled derby winners that are running horses here Sunday and Lynn Whiting, uh, Jack Banberg, uh, Dwayne Lucas. We've got three Hall of Famers who are racing horses here this summer and Steve Asmussen and Dwayne Lucas and Jack Banberg. Um, you know, we've got horses coming in every day now uh, we, uh, to help with the meet. Um, we, we did some improvements on the front side. They resurfaced the racetrack in, in some areas. Um, we're looking for a really big meet. I mean, we got the best jockey colony in this area. When you're looking at Corey Landry, Robbie Alvarado, Brian Hernandez, Jimmy Graham, you got Fernando De La Cruz coming in riding Sunday. Um, but this, this meet at Ellis Park this summer is going to be probably one of the best meets that I've seen. Um, I'm going to step out and say one of the best meets I've seen in my life here. Well, it's got to be exciting, and I know that uh, on media day, you, you pointed out uh, the fact that Ellis Park's two-year-old program over the years has launched like future Breeders' Cup winners, Cat Thief, uh, Boston Harbor, Caressing, they all won Breeders' Cup races, and then the older male champion, Lawyer Ron, started there, uh, grade one winners like On Fire Baby, Noble's Promise, Request for Parole, Pure Fun, Pure Clan, Java's War, Out of the Box, uh, believe me, the list is longer than that, but I don't want to take up the interview. I wonder if, how many people are aware of what a launching pad Ellis Park is for two-year-olds. You know, at, the, at Media Day, I think uh, people wasn't aware of all of that. But, uh, you know, you take into consideration Keen Ice made his first start here two years ago and finished fourth the first time he ran here. And, what I mean, his claim to fame, he outruns American Pharaoh. <laughs> uh, you got, got this Rocky Queen who, who broke her maiden here last summer, um, and she went on to finish third in the Breeders' Cup Philly. You got Ride on Curlin two years ago, becomes in as a two-year-old and breaks the track record, and he runs in the Arkansas Derby and the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Mo Tom, who win the Ohio Derby, who you like so well, I ran a two-year-old here last summer. I didn't think he'd get beat. Uh, he's two in front at the eight pole, and I look up, and Mo Tom, it's his first start of his life, and he runs by me. Uh, so Mo Tom started here last year. This, this, Kenny McPeak has been really supportive with the two-year-olds. Dale Romans, unbridled outlaw, he ran here last year. Brody's Calls, who win the Breeders' Cup, he got beat here last summer His first when, he, when Dale brought him in here and run him. Uh, this has been a, a bedlam of, for two-year-olds the last two or three years. Um, and I think this summer will even be better now that we implemented uh, the two-year-old stake. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a Philly stake and a, and a, a Colton Gilding stake, but, you know, we, we take one step at a time, and uh, they added an, another uh, race on the grass, another stake on the grass. But we do have the two-year-old program coming back, which uh, and there will be a lot of nice two-year-olds break their maiden year, which sets it up for Kentucky Downs in the fall and back to uh, – Keenan and Churchill with the two-year-old star tomorrow program. 
Well, we're talking with John Hancock, a trainer uh, based uh, at Ellis Park. John, uh, describe to me what you feel is your forte with horses. Do you feel that you're you're strong with with uh, the juveniles? I've been really good with the two year olds the last four, five, six years. We've managed to um, uh, buy reasonable price babies at the September and October sale. Kingland September sale has been awful good to us. Uh, the October sale has been awful good to us. We tried to buy those two sales and bring and, and bring those babies that we buy, bring them right into Ellis Park because we're here for a month or two after the meet's over with and try and get them broke here and get them going so they see it. Um, I got lucky last week. I, I haven't I, I sold the Coke cocked and loaded, who was uh, cut some of the fractions in the Ohio Derby last sure. week and ended up fourth in the Ohio Derby. I bought him as a year when broke him right here at Ellis Park and finished him up at our training center right across the bridge, which is Riverside Downs. Took him right into Kingland last year, and he won his first start. Um, got lucky and sold him to Larry Ravelli. Um, sold a two-year-old filly last week to uh, some people that's going to take her to Dubai. Uh, they came down Friday here at Ellis Park, and they were really, really impressed with the setup here at Ellis Park, how quiet it is and how laid back it is. And um, they bought uh, the Philly Midnight Cheek, and she's going to go to Dubai. Uh, I kept uh, the Philly whole scoop, and she's in the debutante Saturday night. I think she'll run good. Um, but we've been really, really lucky with two-year-olds. We've sold some two-year-olds to Gladimir Seren. We've sold a two-year-old to Jerry Hollendorfer. Um, we sold this silly. We sold that cocked and loaded. Uh, we really like fooling with the young babies. Well, uh, you know, if, if you're selling horses to people in Dubai, John, you're not doing too bad. <laughs> Last time I checked, they got pretty deep pockets. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, listen, I, I uh, w- didn't want to let you go without getting the whole scoop on whole scoop. This looks like one you, you, you stole a, a, a nice... Uh, uh, daughter of Patty O'Prado out of a vindication mare. Man, up jumped big time on the slop at Indiana on her debut. You know, she was she's a nice filly. I, I, I broke her mother and trained her mother, Nurse Donna. She's named after my wife. And um, I bought her at the OBS two-year-old in training sale for, at that time, was, well, Mr. Dormandy, uh, William R. Dormandy from Florida, Maitland, Florida. He was, he was pretty much the founder of Dogwood Stables with Cot Campbell. And then he got out of business for a while, and I got lucky and got hooked up with him. And we started the babies and uh, started doing good with them. And uh, we bought Nurse Donna and brought her to Ellis Park. And the first couple of times we run her, we ran her on the grass, and she didn't like it. So I got frustrated with her one day, and I fought her right back in six days. And she broke her maiden here by 10. Um, so we we ended up winning three races with her, and we sold her to Brandywine Farm. And we went and bought the first foal out of her, which was a city zip filly. We ran a couple of times, and she came up with a few issues, so we bred her. Uh, we didn't buy the second one, so we were back at the September sale last year, and this filly was there. We, we we had seen the filly on the farm as she was growing up, and I separated from my wife. I went up front, and I got lucky, and the hammer went down. I got her, and my phone rang about five, ten seconds after the hammer went down. It was my wife. And she <laughs> said, tell me, tell me, tell me if she's going home with us. And I said, yes, we own her. And um, so... She was probably one of the best two, if not the best two-year-old we had. And I had her in opening day at Kingwin as part of an entry with a gemologist coach that we thought could win. <clears throat> and he finished, I ended up scratching her and running a gemologist coach. And he finished second to a really nice filly of Wesley Ward's. So I just couldn't get back around to getting her back in until the day at uh, Indiana. And uh, But um, 
uh, I told Alvin when he came out, I said, it would really take a, you'd, you'd really just have to pretty much fall off to get beat. I really like her that well. And <laughs> he'd come back and all he could say was, wow. So uh, we've well, got high hopes for her. We think she's going to be something special. Well, I did find it pretty interesting, uh, John Hancock, that uh, you were able to land the services of one of the top jockeys at Churchill Downs and Corey Lannery. Well, Corey and I, the last four years, we we, we kind of stay in touch through the winter. And um, his agent, uh, Terry Miller, which we call Jaws, he'll check in. He'll start checking in about six weeks before Kingland starts, and he'll say, where are we at? And I'll say, well, we're all right. We're 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 live. We got some. And when we go into Kingland, I've been real fortunate the last three years that I've had first call with Corey, and he stays with me. And if I have something um, that I really like, I mean, he, 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 he stays right with me. Um, I, I called, well, I say that, but I tried to get him to go to Indiana and ride whole scoop, but he loves to play golf, and uh, he had some uh, prior engagements for a, for a golf game when whole scoop got in, so he didn't go ride her, uh, but he informed me that he seen the replay and watched her, and he wanted back on her, and so when we came to, when it come time to run a debutante, I called Jaws, and they had, I think they had a chance to ride two or three others, and they, they stayed with me, they stayed, they're, they're going to ride her. Well, that, that's pretty good. Well, we're, we're talking with uh, John Hancock. Uh, we're referring to Whole Scoop, who will be in the $100,000 debutante on this year's last evening card at Churchill Downs. But then it looks like John Hancock's going to be concentrating on Ellis Park, pretty much his home base, uh, 46 years. John, thank you very much for being on Winning Ponies, and thanks for giving us your insights into what's going to be happening at Ellis Park. I think you probably uh, have turned the heads of a lot of people here on Winning Pony that are saying, man, I didn't know that many good horses came out of little old Ellis Park, the pea patch. And uh, so uh, I really think you guys are going to have an outstanding meet, and I I thank you for taking your time out of the day to stop and talk with us. Well, we appreciate the interest in Ellis Park. Anything we can do to to put Ellis Park out in the limelight and, and bring attention to, to the people we like to do. Because, like you said, it is home for me. I don't live three miles from there. Uh, we enjoy it. Uh, it's kind of hard for, for you not to have a real good meet this summer when you've got a starter like Scott Jordan, a uh, racing secretary like Danny Bork, uh, and the riding colony, the jocks that are going to be here this summer. I think the people are going to really be impressed with this meet. All right. Well, thank you so much. We've been talking with John Hancock, a trainer down at the Pea Patch in Henderson, Kentucky, Ellis Park. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go north of the border. I was able to wrangle Jude Feld out of a cocktail party, and that's not an easy thing to do. So let's take a break, and we'll come back with Jude Feld. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with the uh, two-time Eclipse Award winner, Jude Feld, I read his resume at the top of the show. Of course, he works for Horse Racing Radio Network. He's north of the border this week, and the Queen's Plate presented by Twinspires.com. You can join him and Mike Penna, uh, Jeff Bloom. Coverage gets underway at 4 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, July 3rd, so tune in to Sirius 106, or you can always get these guys at Horse racingradio.net. Jude, how you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm great. It's great to be up here in Canada. We're having a good time. They're uh, showing us around, and everything's just perfect. Looking forward to Sunday. It's a great car to racing here at Woodbine. Well, uh, before well, we, get, we get talking about uh, Woodbine and the Queen's Plate, you know, I, I, I see some sponsorships all the time, and, and I see that the uh, the Feld Family Stallions uh, kind of uh, back several uh, websites, and uh, Bullet Train's the one I'm really interested in. I understand that you do uh, an advisory capacity with them. Uh, you, you, now, your brothers are Mark and Bob, and you've got a nephew, Sean. They're considered the uh, Feld Family Stallions group, right? Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the, the money and the brains. and the looks my my brother Mark is the money and my brother Bob and my nephew Sean are the brains and uh, I'm the guy uh, in the background just giving my suggestions so uh, (laughs) it's it's a fun uh, thing to do it it keeps us all close and uh, we have our usual uh, Feld family fights at the dinner table over horses and stallions and prices and mares and all kinds of things. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's a great thing. Well, I remember over a year ago when uh, Bullet Train came to the U.S., I, I was really kind of uh, enamored, uh, a three-quarter brother to, to Frankel, who was himself a, a group winner uh, over in Europe. Uh, have the U.S. breeders taken to him? Because I know he was priced very fairly. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been very popular, and, and my nephew, Sean, is done a great job working uh, really hard to get mares to him. He's really hustled some nice mares and, and some mares that nick well with him. 
we're very optimistic that uh, he's going to, you know, do well here in the United States. He's a very classy horse. I'll tell you this, John. The first time that I saw him, I was so impressed. I mean, he just has a magnificent presence about him. He's a very cool horse. I took to him instantaneously, and um, I, I, he's, I can't say enough nice things about him. And it's not because, you know, my family's involved with him and, and all of that. It's just because he just impressed me right off the van, basically. I was there when he shipped into the stallion station, and he, he just looked great and acted great, and uh, I can't say enough nice things about him. Well, uh, I know uh, Frankel's off to a hot start over in Europe, so I, I, I wish the Feld family nothing but the best. But Jude Feld, he's up at Woodbine. You know, I want to do some of my homework on the Queen's Plate, but some of it's missing. When you open up the American Racing Manual, the first 14 runnings of the Queen's Plate don't even have the second and third place finisher because there was so little information. This race started in 1860. This is the 157th running. Probably a lot of people don't realize uh, the historic significance of the Queen's Plate. Of course, uh, the horse that jumps off the board to me was back in 1964, a little bitty stallion by the name of Northern Dancer. Yeah, well, Northern Dancer, of course, uh, uh, the announcer called him Canada's great little horse, and he certainly was all of that. As a matter of fact, here at Wedge Sports Bar, I was walking through getting a tour earlier, and uh, the famous Winfield Farm silks are hanging here in the sports bar, autographed by none other than Sandy Hawley, Hall of Fame jockey. So it was great to see those silks again. Hadn't seen them in a long, long time. But the Queen's Plate does have a very rich history. And one thing that I thought was super interesting as I was researching the race, but Joseph Seagram of the famous uh, Seagram Distillery, Seagram 7 and Crown Royal and all of that, he won the race 20 times as an owner. Oh, my God. 20 <laughs> times. That's amazing. I don't know of any race anywhere that an owner's won 20 times. And uh, <laughs> what, a, what a tremendous record that is. And so uh, that's, a, that, that's a great history. He won it from... Uh, you know, all the way from the 1800s into the last one he won was 1935, I believe. But, yeah, a lot of history. I know my brother who lived in uh, Buffalo would go up there every year with uh, turf writer Bob Summers, and he, he put it right up there with the Kentucky Derby. Of course, uh, you know, in for Canadians, it really is. So so we got three-year-old Colts that are going to be going a mile and a quarter, which, again, is a Derby-esque, uh, asking them to do something for the most part that they haven't done before. Uh, it looks to me, Jude Fell, that uh, the plate trial is going to play a key role uh, in the outcome of this race. I'm not saying there's not other horses like Levin and Malibu that couldn't jump up, but uh, you got uh, the, the top three finishers – uh, in the plate trial, and I, I had to actually count the races on Amos Gizmo, if, that, if I'm saying it right. This horse has never run in anything but a stakes race. Yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. Uh, uh, I think they call, call him uh, Amis Gizmo. Um, I think is, is uh, how, how they, uh, they say it up here. Uh, but anyway... Um, he broke his maiden in the Simcoe Stakes at Woodbine, and uh, he's only lost one race. Uh, so that was the Wando, and I don't know 
we'll have to blame that one on the jock, I guess, because the other races are perfect. But uh, you well, know, that also was not restricted to Canadian breads that race, and right. all of his right. wins. Now he's five for six. All of his wins came at Woodbine. You want to talk about a horse for course? Yeah, absolutely. And Josie Carroll, she's won uh, the Queen's Plate twice. She knows how to get the job done. She's very optimistic too. We're going to have her on our equine forum show on Saturday morning that goes from eight to ten. I believe Josie's going to be on around nine o'clock. And uh, you know, she's just a wonderful lady and, and a great horse trainer. And looking forward to having a conversation with her about her horses. Well, Jude, I, I'm sure you've had a chance to, to look at the past performances. Uh, who are you looking at? You know, here I'm. I'm going to give you twenty bucks. Go make a trifecta for me. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you a horse that, that I was uh, I was handicapping on the plane flying here to Toronto, and uh, scholar athlete kind of caught my eye. This horse is uh, uh, in the barn of H. Graham Motion, uh, one of the great horse trainers that we have in the United States, and he's invading here from uh, from Belmont Park, where he just won an allowance race. They've been pointing to this race for some time, but I noticed Graham put real, two really stiff works into the horse, uh, a 113 and two three quarters uh, at Fairhill on June the 18th, and then came back with a 126 and one. Um, and, you know, that's, that's very indicative of uh, Graham motion sources when they're prepping for a stake. They have kind of old school, longer works and relatively sharp. And I think this horse, uh, you know, is going to be pretty tough, uh, one of the invaders, he was nominated to the American Triple Crown, so they obviously thought a lot of him, and he's a West Point thoroughbred horse, um, and they, they've had a certain amount of success. Uh, another horse that I think is interesting, uh, Shakamat, he finished second uh, in the play trial, uh, Roger Atfield. Roger's won this race eight times. He won the Canadian Triple Crown three times. Um, very talented guy and, and a wonderful guy. On top of it, I'm a big fan of Lonro, the sire. I went to visit Lonro when he first came to Darley in Kentucky. He was breathtaking, uh, just, just an amazing sire. And this horse, uh, regularly ridden by Emma Jane Wilson, he, uh, he won the Transylvania at Keeneland. That was very popular with me because I backed him that day at six to one. So he has a soft spot in my heart. And sometimes I have to, <laughs> I have to guard against uh, going back to horses that have been good to me. But usually if they're good to me, they're good to me again. So I, I'm, uh, I'm hoping, uh, I like Emma Jane. She's, she's a great rider and, uh, it'd be nice for her. She was the first female rider to win the Queen's Plate. Uh, and that was uh, on a horse named Mike Fox a few years ago. And she's got a lot of talent and, uh, she knows how to get the job done. So it could be ladies day, uh, uh, the horse, the horse that you like, trained by Josie Carroll, and and shocked him out with Emma Jane. That uh, that wouldn't be a bad exact box. Well, speaking of Ladies' Day, how about the outside horse Gamble's Ghost, who is a three-year-old filly that they decided to put into this race? Yeah, another uh, Josie Carroll horse by Ghost Zapper, and I know Josie was kind of like sitting on the fence whether to run her or not, but uh, she's in there. Uh, the outside post may not help her, but she's got Patrick's husband, uh, the famous jockey from Barbados, and uh, you know he, he's uh, certainly better than an empty saddle. So we have to give <laughs> her some kind of a chance. 
<laughs> no doubt about it. Now, uh, again, we're, we're talking with uh, Jude Feld, who's wore a lot of hats, but right now he's with uh, Horse Racing Radio Network. He's up at Woodbine for the million-dollar Queen's Plate. Um, I'm looking at the past performances. In fact, a Rocket Plan and Shabrushka going to go in the race? Because I understand they had to pay 25000 to get in. Well, you know, it's always uh, interesting when, when somebody's willing to uh, throw up a bunch of money to, to run in a race. So whenever there's supplements, I think you have to pay attention because people don't throw around money for uh, sheer entertainment. Uh, Simon Husbands is riding Rocket Plan. He, he was actually aboard uh, the winner of the first Barbados Gold Cup that I, uh, I saw. And, uh, you know, he, he uh, really seems to get along with this horse. The horse only has a maiden victory to his credit, so it's a bit of a reach going in a tough race, a million-dollar race uh, off of that. But he seems to be improving and, and maybe has a shot. Uh, Cheberushka, um, Robert Tiller, you know, fantastic trainer, been around a long time and uh, wouldn't necessarily be wasting his client's money uh, on a whim. Rafael Hernandez is a, is a top rider as well, and this horse has two victories, uh, a maiden breaker and an allowance score. Last time out in an open allowance race, didn't run as well, but did make the lead in there, got a little tired at the end. But, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a big field, and anything can happen. And, of course, you know, it's so uh, prestigious to win this race. It's definitely uh, as important to Canadians as the Kentucky Derby is to people in the United States. And uh, it, it's just a... It's one of those races. It's just an honor to be able to participate in. Well, uh, for our listeners, Jude, I want to tell them that Rocket Plan is listed at thirty-one, as well as Chabruska. I have to be honest. If I was standing in a betting line and the guy in front of me just bet twenty-five thousand dollars on his horse, I'd have to at least put a deuce on him at thirty to one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think you have to respect that. I mean, it, it's you know, there's always those those owners that just want to run in the big race and they're willing to spend the money to do it but um robert tiller's horse especially I, I think robert tiller would probably try to talk some sense into the clients if he didn't think the horse was uh, up to snuff so um you know we'll we'll see what happens well uh jude i i know that uh, the world traveler you are with horse racing radio network you got to go all over the place so you handicap everywhere Big race at Belmont Park on Saturday with a lot of history to it. The 60th running of the Mother Goose. There's a horse in there whose mother won the Mother Goose by 19 lengths. The last time it was a mile and an eighth. Of course, a lot of people have been trailing this horse throughout her career. Rachel's Valentina, a daughter of Rachel Alexandra. While it, there's only seven in there, there's, there's a lot of talent. Yeah, no, it's a very tough race, and uh, Rachel Valentina, of course, is going to draw a lot of money. Anytime Pletcher puts the saddle on one, people seem to be drawn to it. Uh, Johnny Velasquez has ridden this filly in all but one of her races, and, you know, she started out good sprinting. She won her first two, but since she stretched out, she hasn't run quite as well. I don't know why that is, but uh, she seems maybe to be best around uh, one turn. Um, this race is going to be one turn, so uh, that might help her a little bit. Um, she's, she's got a lot of speed, good tactical speed, and, of course, Johnny will have plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D, so you know she's going to get a good trip. Um, but there's some other 
competitors in there that are tough. Lewis Bay, a nice filly, ran third in the Kentucky Oaks, ran a, a very nice race that day. And before that, won the grade two gazelle at Aqueduct. So she's no slouch. She's also by Bernardini. And uh, so you have to look at her. But the, the filly that I really kind of like is Lightstream. And the reason I like her is because she's been able to really put in some good finishes in her last three starts, or only three starts. But her late pace numbers on the Brisnet Pass performances are excellent. She's stretching out to, to uh, mile on the 16th today, still around one turn, but she's bred to get the extra distance. She's by Harlan Holiday out of an arch mare. And I think if she puts in that late kick that she has, she's going to be very, very tough to beat in the Mother Goose. It will be interesting to see if uh, the hardest thing is to get the distance with her. Of course, she's sired by the leading Ohio bred of all time, uh, Harlan's Holiday. I, I just wonder if I was there for the Ashland when uh, Wheat No Mare uh, banged Rachel's Valentina over the head. Then she come right back in the Kentucky Oaks. I see the Pletcher, who's won this race four times, has given her a bit of a race. No knockout workouts. It just looked like, he, he, you know, you're a former trainer. Well, what do you make of her workout line and the fact that it looks like he's just kind of taking it easy with Rachel's Valentina coming up to the Mother Goose? Well, this is so typical of Todd Pletcher, and, and it's, it's not my style, and I didn't win nearly as many races as Todd Pletcher. But <laughs> he works everything a half a mile all the time. The last time this really worked farther than a half a mile was back on April the 2nd. She worked five eighths in a minute and three-fifths. But a lot of trainers these days don't work their horses very far. You see Todd with the half-mile, half-mile, half-mile. Chad Brown is the king of half-mile. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a, a, a different way of training than the old-school Guys like like uh, Charlie Whittingham used to work horses a mile. We used to work them seven eighths, and and I think that that's beneficial to a lot of horses, especially nowadays when these guys give so much time to horses between races. You know, when I was training horses, we we used to run horses every three or four weeks, and and uh, you know we didn't give them two months between starts or three months. I, when I was a a kid in high school, my uncle would never claim a horse unless it started twenty four times a year before. You know, now you, if you go through the past performances, you couldn't find a horse that's run 24 times in two years. So it's a, it's a whole different kettle of fish now, and I don't really understand it, but that's why I always gravitate to guys like Graham Motion. And even now you'll see Bob Baffert when he's getting some of these horses ready. He'll work them a, a stiff 7-8 or, or a decent mile. And uh, I think the, the better the horse and the more time you give them between starts, you have to give them some of those longer distance works. But, hey, Todd Fletcher's going to the Hall of Fame, and the only way I'll get in there is a, as a broadcaster if I'm really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, as good as you are, you may well do that, and I'll show up that day for sure. Uh, Horse Racing Radio Network's Jude Feld, we're talking to him. Well, because you have to travel all over the country, to, and it's great that you take your show everywhere. Um, the Iowa Derby. I know you're not going to be there, but I just thought I'd kind of reach out to you there. Uh, it's a mile and a sixteenth, not a mile and a quarter. Uh, not the strongest bunch that has ever come together in, in this race. Uh, interesting horses, though. Uh, you've got Texas Chrome, who's pretty well-traveled. I don't think this horse knows what stall he's in when he wakes up. He's been everywhere from Zia Park, Ratama, Arapaho, Lone Star, Oaklawn, Churchill. But the, the interesting horse to me is... Bob Baffert trained American Freedom, lightly raced, only three races, was nominated the Triple Crown, and I'm guessing Rafael Bayarano is making his first trip to Prairie Meadows. 
Well, you know, I heard a whisper today, and I don't know if it's true. I haven't substantiated it, but I heard that the horse did not ship to Iowa. And I was disappointed oh. because I actually watched the Sir Barton with Bob at Pimlico, and Bob told me as we were getting ready to, to watch the race that he expected American Freedom to be his Preakness horse. But when the horse tanked in the Pat Day Mile, he had to reassess his chances. And, of course, that, that Pat Day Mile was crazy. Uh, Sharp Azteca won the race in a romp, and uh, Forevermo, who was second, uh, came back to win out of that race. It wasn't the easiest race, but for whatever reason, American Freedom didn't run that night. But he won the Sir Barton uh, very well, and uh, Bob and I fist-bumped after the race, and it was on NBC. I had a lot of friends send me pictures All of right. Bob and I fist-bumping after that race. But I heard a rumor right before I, I uh, came to the cocktail party tonight that uh, he didn't make the trip. And I, like I say, I haven't substantiated that, but um, if American Freedom does run, I would love him in there. Um, but if he doesn't run, I was looking at a horse named Synchrony, who uh, ran third in the Lexington Stakes to collect it, another Bob Baffert horse. And this horse is trained by Donnie Von Hemel, uh, a son of Tappet. He belongs to Josephine Abercrombie, Pin Oak Stud. And uh, I think he's a pretty talented horse, and he looks uh, pretty classy for that field. Uh, no, no doubt about it, and another son of Tappet. We know how hot he is. Well, uh, my uh, producer's telling me he got about four minutes, and I know I'm throwing you a real uh, tough one here because there's so many question marks about the two-year-old races. Of course, they're going to run the uh, Sir Barton, but I, I had a guest on before you, uh, John Hancock, who has whole scoop uh, in the uh, $100,000 debutante at Churchill Downs. I, I, I kind of think he could take a dart out and throw it at this one because there's so many angles you know there's so many you know horses that had strong debuts they've got great connections and good pedigrees yeah it's a it's a very uh, tough race a wide open race in a big field so it'll be a good betting race i think you know uh usually two-year-olds especially the phillies they they run very similar speed figures all the time so i think you should probably gravitate to the horses that have come out of the races with the best speed figures the one that has the top speed figure, uh, China Grove, from her last race, um, you know, she ran second in the Astoria at Belmont Park, um, and now she, she's back in the debutante. She's trained by a guy named Ben Colebrook, who I used to work with at 505 Farm when I was the farm manager there. Ben's a really talented guy. He rode steeplechase races. He's a, a very good trainer. He's a young, up-and-coming guy. He's doing a great job. And uh, this filly, she's, she's got some talent. Uh, she broke her main first time out at Keeneland, which is never easy to do. You're always running up against Wesley Ward and Todd Pletcher horses. And then, um, you know, she, uh, she went to Belmont and, and acquitted herself well. So uh, I think she's probably the horse to beat in there. But there's so many ways to go, and I wouldn't take a short price. I'd look for something that, uh, you know, was maybe six or eight to one in there. Absolutely. You talk about, you know, talented trainers. Uh, Randy Morse uh, has, does a great job with two-year-olds. Uh, this season alone, he's had 32 starters, and he's batting 28%. Grandma's Princess is his starter in there, the horse coming off a six-and-three-quarter win. But it's interesting that uh, Cisco Torres was up that day, and now uh, Cisco has decided to go with like a hurricane rather than Grandma's Princess. 
Yeah, well, like a hurricane, you know, she uh, she won a maiden allowance race uh, at uh, Churchill, and the grandma's princess was in a maiden forty, so that may have had something to do with it. Um, the the Brisbane speed figure for grandma's princess wasn't particularly high; um, it was actually six points less than like a hurricane seventy six. But uh, you know, you, you couldn't necessarily say. I've always found like two year olds they don't really have any class yet. Um, you know, you don't know just because somebody ran one for a tag doesn't mean that the horse isn't one of the best horses uh, in the world. I remember Mel Studi ran a filly one time for 40 claiming, and she ended up winning the uh, Breeders' Cup sprint. So <laughs> you can't worry about it too much. But uh, it, it's going to be a great race, I'll tell you. Well, you've been a great guest, Jude Feld, from Horse Racing Radio Network, and uh, I'm glad you're having a good time up there. I'll let you get back to your party there. I want to remind everybody that coverage gets underway at 4 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, so tune in on Sirius 106 or horseracingradio.net. That's pretty simple. No excuse for you to not see this race and to tune in to Jude Feld, Mike Penna, and Jeff Bloom. Hey, thanks for taking time uh, out of your schedule and uh, get back to your party. All right. Thanks, Sean. It's been a pleasure. All right. We've been talking with uh, with Jude Feld. I want to thank trainer John Hancock. It's been a very enjoyable show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoy a slew of winners over the 4th of July weekend. Come on down to winningponies.com. Pull down those easy win forms. We've had some huge hits, and this is going to be a big racing weekend. So for everybody at Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. Overlooking the manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. Remember, when you come to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.